sign it off, mate. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome uh, to episode 29 of The Away End. Uh, we've got the usual suspects in, and we've got a guest in this week. Floated in last minute, last night. Uh, Steve, uh, give us a shout over in Warrington, right? Yeah, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on. Emergency fourth sub, concussion sub coming on. Oh, See, it, this yeah. is... This is a common thing. Connor said thank you as well for like, it's obviously something, this is another guy from, uh, what's your podcast called? Plug plug it now when you're... A couple of podcasts actually, but we've got Bring It to the Table that I do with Connor who you had on the other week, the Saints fan. And we've also got another one called Fresh on the Heels as well, which follows professional wrestling. If you've ever got any interest in listening to that stuff, if you're an old, old school fan. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, manners don't cost a thing, do they? So I think it's nice to thank people for. Just <laughs> remember that, Daniel. Yeah, I know. I should remember that. But with you boys, you love to dig me out, so I've got no apologies. Right, Jimbo, give us a shout over in London. You've already heard me. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Baker. Hey, up, mate. How's things? You look. You're fucking hell, mate. Just looking over the top of that mic, then you're just like. <sighs> I was in work at seven this morning. It wasn't good. Oh, bloody strong. hell, mate. Yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't keep you. It's all good. So, as we like to do, we've got a few questions lined up for Steve. Liverpool-related. Sorry, I didn't actually mention yet. Liverpool fan Steve is. Sorry, I should have said that. A Liverpool fan yet. Happy as ever. <laughs> well, happy a couple of months ago, but now it's... Uh, well, well, we'll go into that. We'll go through the games and Baker's eye on Europe. I don't know if he's got much to show us. I've got reels on reels, mate. Oh, here we go. We're ready for that. Uh, we'll introduce you to that, Steve. We'll let you know. I'm excited. And, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm just here for the Paul Dummett update, really. <laughs> oh, you've listened, you've listened, you've heard that, mate. Yeah, it's going to get famous. <laughs> Word is spreading. I like it. It's the only reason I'm here for that and the classifieds at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, as you can hear, this fucking, let's get on with this. Let's get the depression out of the way to start with. We'll have a little up, then we'll go down with Baker again. Then, then we'll go up and we'll go down with Steve's results. And we're going to end on a high, I think, with, with the Spurs results. Steve, mate, so bit of an inopportune moment, really, to come on the podcast, wasn't it? I mean, overall, I know obviously injuries have been a massive setback, but what do you think has been other contributing factors to Liverpool's downfall this season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it's a good time to come on because I think a lot of people might be losing their heads a little bit and losing some faith. So I just want to come on and get, kind of restore that. I think, like you say, there's going to be a lot of people who put it down to injuries. There's some people who put it down to Anfield being empty. I do think Anfield's a big part of Liverpool's uh, personality, but every club in the country has got no fans. So you can't just solely place it on that. I think even without everything going on, though, it's always hard to retain the title. I think history's shown that. I think not many teams have done it, even with stadiums, even with a normal break in between. I think the effort that they put in over the last couple of years. So... I don't know if anything specific has gone wrong. It's been a multitude of different things, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom. And I think I think we were top at, in December at the Prem. And I think over the course of 2020, we were the best team in, in England, like a, in terms of points won. So what are we on now? It's 8th of March. You're looking at three bad months, really, in, in four years. So I, I think a bit of perspective would be nice. Um, but... 
it's the fucking Sky Sports. As, as, as we mentioned before, you never get perspective with the British media, mate. You never get perspective with the British media. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, there's talk of maybe Gerard coming in. It's it's not oh. the, not the right answer, is it? Not yet. Uh, and yeah, I just think. It's all sensationalist, isn't it? I know, obviously, we've got a Spurs fan here as well. A few weeks ago, it was all looking like doom and gloom for Spurs, wasn't it? And then you put together four wins and it's looking like all all the roses again are, are blooming. So I think it's the fickle old game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's yeah. probably, you know, it's why we all love it to a degree. But it's talk of Klopp being out. I think it's just a bit a bit hasty, really. Yeah, it's nice to have a Liverpool done. fan on. <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll not comment on that. <laughs> Baker, you got anything to add to that? I think that was pretty sincere and pretty uh, concise as to yeah. probably what the issues are. Yeah, it's 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 easy to sort of to think it is the end of the world, as as you say, because the amount of sensa- sensationalization done is ridiculous. Um, and even though Liverpool have had injuries, even sorry, even though every team's had injuries this year sort of magnified by the fact we're playing every fucking 10 seconds. Um, Liverpool's have been, I think, probably the most damaging. The biggest players, haven't they? Like, I mean, I mean De Bruyne and Aguero for City, but the rocks which they've which they've lost and the amount in their midfield. Well, and Just kind of exposed the thinness of their defensive backup in, in that way. Because you see last night, it was, mm. was it Williams and Phillips as centre-back pairing. And I think it's it's unfair to those players as well to be asked to come in and like sort of steady this shit. They're doing their they're doing their best, and I've got no doubt they're not bad players. Not mentioning Kabak here, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got some opinions on Kabak, but we'll save them for a bit later. Oh, you might share, you might share. <laughs> yeah, them. you might share them, mate. Right onto the a more positive, like you've said, a po- po- more positive mindset. What does Klopp need to do then in terms of like change to? Is it how he's playing or his system or the players? I know, like we said, they made seven changes against Fulham. Is that the way? But I kind of feel like it maybe isn't, considering you've lost to Fulham this week, obviously. I, I don't know. I feel like what what can he do at this point, which is going to basically give the players a kick up the arse? Yeah, so it's a good point. I think the one criticism I'd level at Klopp is that he's he's never trusted... Is, is central defenders that have been available to him. I, I honestly believe that uh, despite them being pretty inexperienced, if you play Phillips and Williams together throughout this last few months and keep your Fabinho's and your Henderson's in the middle, I think you probably don't lose as many games as you have. I don't know if you win them because you are going to leak goals with them two being an experience and a new partnership. But mm-hmm. by, by weakening the midfield, Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, you've 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 lost your defenders, so you've put midfielders in in the back line. You've then weakened your midfield, and the whole uh, dynamic of the squad has changed. And I just think there's there's been loads of stuff going on, hasn't there, with Liverpool? I know Klopp's like lost his mum as well. I, I don't don't know about any of you boys, but if my mum passed away, I wouldn't be going to work for for a couple of weeks. No. Do you know what I mean? He's had he's had no time off or anything. And I just think there's been this like never ending roller coaster since the start of this year. As I say, I think we were top in December. It wasn't all doom and gloom then, but Getting into top four this year would be massive, and then just just down in tools. I think in the summer and just having a bit of a a bit of an off season because there wasn't really one last year, was there? Yeah. And again, that that's been the same for everyone. So it can't be something that you can just solely put a, put on them. But I think yeah, if Klopp can have a couple of months off football altogether. I don't know how feasible that is for a Premier League manager. It's probably absolutely impossible. But I think for the time being, he just needs to keep his 
his defenders playing in defence and his midfielders playing in midfield. And that sounds pretty pretty basic, but it's uh, nah. I, think it's, I think it's the only thing he can do, really. Oh, that would be the best idea. Go on, Baker. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it, it's not only the fact that he lost his mum, it's the fact that he couldn't go and you can't go and properly grieve because you can't leave the country. I mean, and you got we got to remember, like, it's so easy to sort of forget that these people are human beings, and like the, that sort of impact would, as you say, take your mind off the job a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think there's probably ever been a manager in the history of football who uh, there's obviously going to be managers who've, who've lost a parent mid-season, but they wouldn't. I could probably put money on them being one that hasn't been able to go to the funeral and like actually just make that peace with them. So he, he is dealing with something that is kind of uncategorically. Uh, unique for this season but mm. yeah I just think if he can get sneak into that top four it kind of feels like it's anyone's still a little bit I know there's been some good results over the last couple of days for some teams in the top four but it's a, it's a bit of a mad mad old season really yeah perfect storm yeah definitely definitely man right so we've got a bit of fun now <laughs> one, exactly, one, exactly word, one word one word <laughs> answers mate oh, okay on these players sell or extend the loan slash uh, buy. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry. I wonder if that's how, yeah. Would you sell or keep one album? We're not going to get any money for him. Yeah. So I'd keep him. Salah, talk of him going at the moment. Keep. <laughs> We're getting to the funny ones in a minute. <laughs> Amina? I keep. Kabak? <laughs> so. <laughs> quick, quick fire's harsh here. I... Listen to, I, I listened to the podcast since Connor came on and I know you guys have been speaking about the resurgence of people like John Stones mm-hmm. and Deli Ali. Still young lads. Kabak's 20. Like I think it's harsh to write him off now. I know they've, they've loaned him, haven't they? And they can pay 18 million for him in the summer if they want. Would you that's, pay 18 million? I don't, I, I don't think that's expensive if he's going to end up being good. If he ends up being anything like John Stones or whatever. But he probably needs to do a lot more in the short time that he's got left to, to warrant that price tag. He's, he's not done much for me, but he, like I say, he's, he's a kid and he's in the hardest league in the world. So uh, it's a tough one with him. I don't, if Van Dijk's back and Gomez is back and Matic's back, I think there's other defenders you can go out and get to be a fourth choice. So probably let him go. I don't, could see I Baker think... was almost going to explode then if you said uh, you were going to pay 18 million to keep him. <laughs> you know what? He, could, he could turn out to be a really good buy. My only, my only con- my concern with Kavak is. With the other examples you mentioned, like when they started off, when Stones was 19, 20, people thought, oh, this kid's good. I don't see what the potential they think. I don't think there is potential there because I just haven't seen him play well ever in any yeah. game. Got to admit, the team that he was playing for before Liverpool were like the biggest basket case in Europe at the minute. <laughs> they are absolutely atrociously awful. <laughs> and he wasn't like standing out as amazing. But then, then again, how much can you do with one centre-back in a shit team? So you like got to give him give him a bit of benefit of the doubt. And the first game he plays, he makes a fucking absolute howler. And I'm starting to think it's probably him. Got to think as well though. Like he's like you said, he's he's young. He's 20. Yeah. And as a centre back at a club like Liverpool, a 20 year old, you'd probably see him as a bit of a project. You might give him some minutes in a cup game or Europe or or throw him on at the end or whatever to get him playing. Whereas he's come in and they've been like, right, you've got. To- hold the dam basically on your own. Like, yeah. so it is a baptism by fire. So I think in his first four or five games, he played with a different partner as well at the back. Yeah. 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 He probably don't speak very good English if at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I think 
it's going to be tough for him. And like you say, you'd like to bleed him in a little bit more like naturally in cup games and, and as coming off the bench and stuff. But yeah, I don't think it's the be all and end all of him having a bit of a mare over what it'll be like maybe 17 games towards the end of a pandemic season. Mm. I don't think it'll be the end of his... I think the, there were clubs after him, wasn't there, prior to us getting him. It was just that he was sort of the only one available. Uh, and yeah, Schalke's a raging bin fire, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, that's an insult to bin fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, last one, uh, Oxlade-Chamberland. He can go for me. Really? Yeah. Can I throw in another last one? Oh, man. Shakiri. Ooh. Uh, Shaq's nothing special I just don't know how much you'd have to pay to get a, a guy like him as a sub someone who'd be willing to just sit on the bench uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a sim- similar thing with Bobby really I think I'd keep Bobby because if we bring in a better striker he'll sit on the bench and come on and do his job uh, that's why they've kept hold of Origi for so long I think because he just he knows his role yeah. you know, it, it's going to be 40-50 mil to bring on someone to replace um, players like that but yeah with Vox I was excited when we got him, but he's just never. He's a terrible injuries as well. But that's yeah. kind of been his career, and it is. He's in that Jack Wilshire mold where I think he's, he's just done injury wise. Like hmm. James has some strong opinions on Jack Wilshire, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. I just want to on Shakiri. I think I <laughs> oh, think cool. he's had a, I think he's had a big turnaround. If you focus mainly on his on his hairline. <laughs> yeah they all have I think Mane's got some hair now as well yeah, maybe this is the strange, downfall it's strange yeah. that Merseyside hair mate yeah maybe it's their weakness they were better off with receding hair like <laughs> right on to the weekend's games and I've decided I'm not doing my boring rundown this week um, I'm just getting Aww. through uh, so, so you like lads been, been playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because basically, mate, I just do a boring rundown of a very mundane BBC announcer type vibe, and I've got a bit of a headache, and I can't be asked going through all of them. I'm just gonna, well, we're gonna mention the first game, which was uh, Burnley versus Arsenal, which I've never done this before in any of the comments, but I've written in massive letters to start off with. What the actual fuck is? She? <laughs> Jack and doing worst defending I've seen in years. So from that point onwards, uh, Baker, you're shaking your head hardest. I'll I'll go to you as to what you thought of. I'm going to use one of your words. You're this bin fire of a game. Arsenal started really well. I thought they looked quite yeah. good, but I don't understand even what he was trying to do. I mean, there's one thing of like not passing across your own goal and then there's not passing across your own six-yard box. There's not trying to curl it round someone from two metres away. What are you doing, you fucking arsehole? Mate, imagine, oh, imagine getting pressed into a mistake by Burnley. Chris Wood. <laughs> I know, yeah, Bur- true, mate, actually. The Burnley press. Oh, my days. Oh, mate, don't be digging Burnley out. Joey's on next week, mate. <laughs> he is going to be coming after you, mate. But, like, it was one of them, it's, it's one of them things that you just can't, quite believe happened when I was watching it I thought what what because he had it's not as if he was pressed immediately he had time to do something else anything else and he I, picked the only thing that would have that would have made them score oh yeah well what a man, I, what a man. he's a, he's a, he's a legend Jack he's always doing some mad shit isn't he He's, he's it has been quite for a while, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, actually. Yeah, he hasn't been in the media for a little while. He's always got what something like this in his locker. Something absolutely batshit. Jimbo, 
anything more to add on that, mate? Because that's I mean, there was there was a bit of a penalty controversy as well with um what's Don't his name? Don't care about that. Don't care about that. All oh, right, okay. I fucking love this, mate. I love, <laughs> it. I love it. My my weekend was off to a great start. <laughs> but yeah, the, the 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 last few minutes were a bit nuts, weren't they? Yeah, big time, big time with the yeah, Peters. Was it I, I definitely think it was shoulder. It was. Guys, it was. Yeah, it was. 100% yeah. shoulder. And and then yeah, literally um off the off the post in the last minute, wasn't it as well? Mm. Um Steve, what do you think, mate? Do you see it? Yeah, so I heard you guys again talking last week about the West Brom and Brighton game being crackers for for two penalties, the Lee Mason fuck up and I think this week was quite this was the game, wasn't it? This was the one that just loads of mad shit happened in. Jacka, I mean, you'd maybe, maybe think about dinking it over someone of like Gianfranco Zola's stature, but to try and whip a ball around six foot three fucking Chris Wood on your own goal line, it was just crazy. And yeah, with the, your weak foot. Like with your what, weak foot, yeah. What are you playing is, at? <laughs> yeah, which could could be either for Jack or it. Really. Yeah, true. I think <laughs> he's built like a fucking wardrobe. How do you miss it? <laughs> yeah, Chris Wood's celebration after that goal was incredible. So he just shrugged his shoulders. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what what do you want me to do? But yeah, I, I like the the overturning of the penalty because I, I am a an advocate for VAR. I think it will eventually once it's ironed out and the rules are, are good. I think it'll be good for the game. Um, so yeah, the, the fact that he he sent him straight off, didn't he, and, and pointed to the spot, and and then he looked at it and reversed it. So that's good. But then I think there was another one in there that should have been a pen. Is that right? Yeah, it was um, a handball. Eric, Pete, it was Eric yeah. Peters again. He had a bit of a mental like twenty minutes. Right. Um, it, it it did look like a handball to me. I'm not sure what. I'm, I'm, they've changed the rule again recently, but I just don't. Well, yeah, Jim, you were you were messaging us about that. Can you can you give me because I didn't read it? I'm going to be honest. Can you give me a brief rundown of what this new rule is, which would have ruled the goal which Brighton scored in against you, but now it's not. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Oh, I just know fucking that. hell, mate! Don't be, don't be, te- don't be sending bullshit on WhatsApp and then not being able to explain it on the podcast, mate. I just know that after that, straight after the Fulham game, they pretty much changed the rules the next day. I don't know what the, exactly the rules are now. I know that um, Arsene Wenger's submitted some theory that he wants to instigate. <laughs> oh, mate! Uh, but this again, is mid-season at this point. Like, why have you not ironed the shit out anyway? Right, that's just getting down a VAR rabbit hole, which we're not going down either. So, um, Sheffield, any more Any more for any more on that one? We all good, boys, yeah? I, I, do, I, don't, I know you don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but I do have a little question, if you don't mind. Go on, mate. When the rules are fucked up during a season, do you boys prefer it to just carry on being fucked up until the new season, or would you prefer they change it as it goes to develop it? I think I prefer they change it as they go, but not change it like four times in one season, basically. Yeah, yeah I want them to make one tag, like one big decision at one point and be like, right, that would... We're cutting it out from here. That's what we're going with till the end of the season. Whereas, yeah, like you said, it has been at least two or three times a change now. Aren't yeah, it? fair enough. Honestly, I'd probably prefer to keep it because what, what ends up happening is you end up getting games where teams have benefited from something that will that then gets changed. Like at Newcastle early in the season, you got a penalty against Spurs, which was one of them ridiculous, like you couldn't do anything about them. And the rule was then changed. So that point that we got against Spurs, which could be important, another team wouldn't be able to get a similar point. So you know what I mean? It's, it's affecting the table in, in like real ways. If it was shit for everyone, it's shit for everyone. 
Mm. But if you're changing stuff based on like single incidents, you're just going to end up creating this weird imbalance. You go back and say, oh, how do we get that point against Spurs? Oh, because they changed the rules straight away afterwards. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You should feel better, like, though, Baker. That, that point won't matter. No. <laughs> I mean, we're a point above the relegation zone now, so we're holding, <laughs> holding on to that one. Point. Uh, right, a couple of quickies here. Uh, Sheffield United versus Southampton was 2-0 Southampton. Uh, first win in 10 for Southampton. And uh, Chris Wilder, I think he has eventually lost his head a little bit now. And he's he's been having, he's been saying he needs to lose some of the players. Some of them haven't been uh, performing. I don't get and why be... he's losing his head now, though. Right? Um... It's, it's, surely it was too far gone, like, at least <laughs> two, three months ago. Yeah. It's got better recently, if anything. I know. It is a weird time for him to lose his head, I think. I don't know. It's probably just the pressure which he's under now in it. Like it's, I mean, although all the stupid like records which he could have broken, like the Derby one and stuff, they've got past that points total and stuff now. So it's like, it's almost like he kind of still believes he can stay up, but. Well, he's a fucking idiot then. (laughs) And Villa versus Wolves, which was the uh, Midlands Derby, but um, Sice probably the miss of the season at the moment right like i don't know like if that was me i, I don't know how i'd put it over the bar like that <laughs> i just don't know i don't go on bakey you had your hand up Hold on. we ain't we ain't gonna go past that um sheffield united southampton game without mentioning what a fucking boomer that goal was true true i should yeah that shea adam strike was, was, was absolutely that is a hit and a half my yeah. god i was actually speaking to connor about it and he said like he, Shea Adams just pisses him off so much because it's like he's one of them players which he's got that in his locker and then for the next 10 games he'll just yeah. go missing and miss yeah he's, he's a 1 in 15 isn't he he's yeah. got some absolute bangers when he does a big win for the Saints though yeah, yeah definitely definitely to get them back on track hopefully right yeah, um, yeah back to size how Baker how the F in hell did he not like what how <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Mate, I thought you'd be able to give us some experience, you know, with being Wickham's lonely, uh, lost old boy, right? You know, the one that got away from. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that, mate. You'd be kind of like peaking right now, like you'd be at the peak of your career, like twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, I presume. What, you're would, I, would I still be at Wickham? Or would I you imagine you and Akin Fen were up front, mate, right now. <laughs> in a in a strike a strike partnership. And after lockdown, I probably weigh as much. <laughs> The Baker Akin Fenwell partnership, mate. I love it. Large and um, even larger. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think to be charitable, I'd say that he was falling over when he did it, got yeah. under it. But yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I, I honestly balanced. don't know. I honestly don't know. It's pretty impressive. If anything, that's quite Yeah, it's cool. kind of more impressive, isn't it? That he did <laughs> somehow managed to miss it. And uh, it was this is a bit of a crazy one. They hit the post twice, Villa did. And Martinez made an absolute unbelievable one-on-one save against Connor Cody in like the last 10 minutes. Steve, you're shaking your head. You see that, mate? It's bloody. Yeah, big fan of Martinez. He's potential. Is he still maybe in line for an England shot? Because I wouldn't mind seeing him in a couple of friendlies. He's. I'd take a few of the Villa back for, to be honest, in the England side. They look pretty, pretty tight as a as a back unit yeah no I must admit that they have they have looked pretty good we've um we've had a good shout for Burnley being um the back four from Joey a couple of weeks ago he just said put the back four of Burnley in there and then you can have anyone you can just have six strikers ahead of them and the Burnley <laughs> back four will do the job of uh, you know the rest won't they so maybe yeah maybe we should look into the villa I think um yeah does this mean no Grealish no party yeah I think it does I think, I think it, it does, does. yeah I've just, I've just checked. 
Emiliano Martinez was called up to Argentina in 2019, but he didn't play. So yeah, I think he's still good then, isn't he? I reckon getting in. He's, he's, he's safer well. than Pickford, surely. Yeah, he's definitely safer than Pickford. Jesus. Now nah, we got we got Pope and Pope and Henderson. <laughs> Yeah, we've got some good yeah, keepers. Actually. To be fair, I also no. have I have size in my fantasy football team, so I'd, if we could move oh, past this quickly, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we will move on to uh, Brighton versus Leicester, which was two one to Leicester, and uh, good comeback from from Leicester, wasn't it? This this game made me so sad, man. I watched this, and I never wanted another team to win a football match so badly as I do Brighton. Is I don't it, care who it's against, like just anyone, just get three points somehow. Is it possible to be cock-teased by a football team? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're so close to being really good every time I watch them play, and they just never put teams away. It's God, it's so it must be the most frustrating thing to be a fan of them. The babe station of the Premier League. Yeah, basically. <laughs> there you go. There's the, there's the episode. Yeah, there, yeah, there's the episode title. <laughs> but like you just you think about how mad it is that how how shite we've been this entire season. We are a point ahead of them now. And Brighton have played so well and I've and they've been so impressive. And I mean, I suppose it just goes to show results the only thing that matter, but I just I just feel it'd be like bad for football if they went down. Not that I give a shit, but if it would be bad for football if they went down, because they're actually trying to do something there. Mate, if I had to pick between Brighton and Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even need to say, do I? Like, I know, anyone, I'm sorry, man. If chose Newcastle, I'd worry about them. <laughs> Uh, it's it really mate you're right it's such a shame to see it but on the other side Leicester do look like they might be able to pull out results still I was a little bit sceptical after they had lost uh, Madison and I thought yeah this could be another like you said the meltdown might have started what was it in midweek wasn't it yeah and they have managed to pull this one out and I don't know. I think I think Leicester really still might be in with a shout for top four. Are you not worried about them, Steve, mate? Yeah, they're a good side. They had a little bit of a, a wobble, didn't they? But again, going back to the the thing with Liverpool, you know, it's a win changes the attitudes, doesn't it? I think they were they were lucky against Brighton. Like Brighton are probably the most unlucky team in. <laughs> well, maybe Europe at the minute. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of European football, but they've they've had about a hundred odd shots to about twenty conceded, haven't they? And they've lost every game. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be big if Leicester can can get into the top four because of that crumble they had the other year. Yeah. I think it'd be massive for them just knowing that they can do it as a club because if they do it, if they have a drop off again and it all goes sour again, it's I don't know how you recover from that, like in a dressing room. It, know, it's yeah. it's gonna be like a spare situation where you know, Spursy has become a, a verb and a, in football. Like you don't want Leicester to start getting like that. But, no uh, comment. <laughs> no comment, right? Before we move past this, though, Thielmans. Oh, Thielmans is a naughty, naughty boy, isn't he? That no-look pass, that is just... I didn't know he had that in his locker. I'll be honest, I did not know he had that in his locker, but fair play to him. Fair play to him. Yeah, um, the, finish, the finish as well did it justice. Yeah, yeah, really nice was. finish. It was good. Good goal. Yeah, they should get top four with that team they've got, even with the injuries. They've got some nice players. And I think as well, I think we mentioned it last week, maybe that them going out of Europe is actually probably going to help them in the in the long term because they're not having to spread their squad so thin, are they? So yeah. I didn't I, I've got to be honest, I didn't see them going out of Europe. I thought they'd do all right. 
Yeah, same. I must admit, I was a bit shocked, but I do think that that might. I do think that might help him in the long in the long term. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, it's one of them things that I've. I mean, I wish I'd asked Joey about this when he was on, but you kind of feel like you've made the effort to get there, and then you immediately just turn to getting back. But you're not when you're there. You don't really feel like you take advantage of it. Because I remember when Burnley when Burnley were in the got to the Europa League, they didn't get past the qualifying round. Do you think you work so hard for this? And then it's over, and you're just like, right, all right, back to survival. Yeah, you know and, then, and then that season after, they were they were it's just dropped off journey. horrendously, didn't they? Yeah, it's all journey, no destination. That's football, though, isn't it? Every season's like that. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I suppose but... Oh, you won the prem. Now you got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, but for teams that are always going to be in in and around there, it's probably yeah. not a big deal. Less. Yeah. I mean, this is what Leicester's second, third season in Europe, fourth maybe. Sorry. I had a question for you actually as well, Baker, if you don't mind. Yeah, far away. If we're going to bear in mind that probably West Brom and, and Sheffield United are down, going to be one other team going down, would you rather see Newcastle playing like Brighton or would you rather carry on playing the way you are and possibly staying up playing absolutely turgid football? <laughs> now that is a question and all. Yeah. You can yeah. tell he's, he does other podcasts, can't you? <laughs> It's one of it's it's one of them. The the style of play for Newcastle is not a separate issue to the rest of the problems with the club. If that makes sense, and and with Brighton, you feel like there's they feel like that's a club that I mean they're not doing very well now, obviously, but they're all pulling in the same direction. The style of football, the our style of football is so shite. But then again, the club's a mess. It's a complete mess. Like the fans are upset. The owner doesn't want to be there. The manager is a is not a Premier League manager anymore and hasn't been for years. No one's happy ever. The players are all fucking... I mean, they were kicking off at him in the middle of the week. Even if Steve Bruce wasn't Steve Bruce and he was someone else, it was still... The other stuff would still be an issue. But I, you know what? I'd, I'd kind of prefer if we actually tried to go for teams. But the problem we've got is that we, we've been built for so many seasons by Rafa to be this really difficult to beat team. And I know you can't just go, right, now we're attacking. Done. We're not built to do that. So, I don't know. I can say that the championship was fun when we were down there because we just fucking smashed everyone and it didn't last very long. But <laughs> this time, if we do go down, I don't feel the same. I don't feel the so, same. Nice little bit of foreplay for this next game, wasn't it? That? Well, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, it really is. That's a nice little segue in there. Thanks for that, Steve, mate. Uh, right. Straight like, into, like uh, <laughs> into to West Brom versus Newcastle, wasn't it, mate? And it was another barn burner, a nil-nil, pal. Yeah, mate, but real barn burner. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to the radio, right, after, after this. And Robbie Savage was like, I think it's a really good point for Newcastle. I feel like, what are you on, man? I mean, for, I mean, first things first. For West Brom, that is a huge miss. That is that is a not that's a terrible result. But it would be an insult to watching paint dry to say that I'd rather watch paint dry. Because <laughs> oh Christ, it was that bad, mate. I can say the dummit did return and play the whole game. So oh, get there, come on, there then, mate. Give us a dummit update. Come on. I, I've just trawled through the socials. He hasn't put anything on there. Now he's played now, man. He's played. We, we want to hear about the game. Right, yeah. So he was a, he was a healthy fifth in our player ratings. He got five, 5.26 out of 10. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad Consistency, all, yeah. mate. Consistency. I mean, that's just Paul Dammit, isn't it? He's just solid. You just don't notice him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the invisible. I mean, left. despite... Despite Dummett returning, I thought it would be an inspirational presence, but clearly not. 
talisman, mate. He's the talisman. He is the talisman, yeah. I mean, I think they're already they're already considering knocking that Shearer statue down. And <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, Brucey came out and said it's important. We got it's an important point. And while I grant you it, we would be in the bottom three if we hadn't got it. Uh, I don't really feel like it's. Just, I don't really feel like we turned the corner there. To be honest, our our fixtures coming up are: we got Villa next at home, and then we got Brighton away. Ooh. And you're looking at, I, I reckon. We wait, need, wait, wait! If you got Brighton away next weekend, so Villa in midweek or what? Or is it uh, two weekend, two weeks time? Uh, I mean, we probably should have done this research, yeah, shouldn't yeah. we? Considering we're a football podcast, we probably should have looked at this, shouldn't we? Really, man. I'm this sorry. Is, What's research? It's against yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got, no, we got Aston Villa on Friday night, at eight o'clock. Fucking yeah. great! Well, great start to my weekend. Uh, and then Saturday 20th, we've got uh, Brighton away. Again at eight o'clock. Why? Anyway. Yeah. So if we, I'm saying if we don't take at least four. three at the least, four at best, I'd say we are fucked. You've got, you've got to take at least three out of that. Because, yeah. I mean, we'll come on to this next, obviously, but how good the Fulham look now? <laughs> no comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're getting him ready. We're getting him ready. But overall, mate, let's be honest. You must just be happy. It's another week gone, right? Like another game <laughs> in the can. Another one, just another day closer to that. Whatever the end date is of the Premier League, just to hope and pray that you skin by, right? No, not really. <laughs> is it not, mate? Surely, like each match day that's going by is just helping a little bit with that. I've said it. I've said it like every week. Is that we're like just sleepwalking down? You know what I mean? It just every, people can see from an absolute mile off. I say people, anyone but everyone but pundits that are paid to talk about football <laughs> can see that this is ha- this is going to be happening for a mile off, and you just don't feel like you can do anything about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like one of them big like cruise ship crashes. Like you can't turn quick. You know what I mean? You're just, you're just going just, towards you're going towards the rocks and you can't stop. And you're just like, oh, this is going to be shit, isn't it? And that's uh, I, could, I could see uh, I could see Steve Bruce as a captain of one of those cruises. I could as well, actually. <laughs> like Captain Pugwash or something, isn't he? Yeah, with his little hat on. Yeah, I reckon he'd be one of the like, yeah, he'd be one of the entertainers they have in the lounge. <laughs> It'd be singing like Frank Sinatra covers really badly. Well, yeah, what do you <laughs> <laughs> got a great voice actually? Uh, well, off that one, maybe anyway. Can someone else be depressed now? Please? Yeah, yeah. I've got Baker in the blue corner, maybe we've got Steve in the red corner. I think we do, don't we? Uh, Liverpool versus Fulham, one nil Fulham. Uh, I want to get this in. I've, I've wanted a, a Liverpool fan on this podcast for a little while, but it's it's quite sweet to say the six successive home defeat for Liverpool. I'm sorry to pile it on, mate, but it's not been good, has it? No, it has been bad. I think first off, just like props to Fulham because they were really good. I think Scott Parker's got them playing, uh, and again, if you look at that bottom end of the table. Fulham and Brighton are playing good football. Like they look like good teams, and if they'd probably had a bit of a better start, they might be already safe. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's a feeling at the minute where if Liverpool go one nil down, I think Klopp said this as well. It's it's it feels a little bit insurmountable, mm. um, and I I don't know where that's come from. To be honest, it just seems to have come in overnight almost because there, there was a big piss take out of Klopp a while back when we drew with West Brom. 
and all the, the players were celebrating in front of the fans and the reason that they were celebrating is because Klopp had instilled this nature that the, ne- the game's never done that you never beat and I think we were either 2-0 down or we were losing like on and we equalised um, and that was a big change of attitude in the club and it seems like that's gone away for some reason uh, again mm-hmm. defensive problems it's a good goal uh, Lamina I mean, a good little bang to be honest he took it off Salah in the box I don't know what Salah's doing there but it's it's not the type of season where if you go a goal down to Fulham, that should be the game over. But we just don't seem to be able to score at the minute. I don't think we're, we're playing dreadful. Like, mm. I still quite enjoy watching us. Um, but last season, the year before, we were making a few more chances and we were just lethal. I think that was the word probably. Like We, we were just clinical all the time and that's gone. We've mentioned that a few times on this gym ads, especially like about just, is it like the chemistry between them three up front? And like, is it just the fact that they've been together for so long and it does just become maybe a bit stale after a while and it's sort of like, you know. Jota was back for this game. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I suppose you've got to give Jota a chance, but. Yeah, you could see it in the body language, like during this game. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how if you want to say Liverpool are in crisis, teams in crisis normally have like a bit of a chaotic nature to them and they're like, you know, they're really trying to go for it or it's all kind of like, you know, a bit Benny Hill defending sort of thing. Um, whereas Liverpool in this game just looked a bit like flat, just giving up a little bit, I thought. Yeah, I think they believe in the process. I think that the fact is that it's just not working at the minute. So mm. there'd be games two or three seasons ago where they'd be knocking it around the back and playing sideways passes at 1-0 down with like five minutes to go. And you always felt like they were doing the right things. Uh, they're still playing that way now when maybe it would be more prevalent to just boot it long and try and make something different happen. I think once Jota's got a couple of weeks back under his belt fitness-wise, he shakes things up a little bit. And, and whether he's pissing people off for being in the team ahead of them or if he's just taking Bobby out of the team as a bit of a fresh picture, the goals will come back, I think. Because that's a big thing, isn't it? They've not scored since... Well, they've not scored in ages, have they? I can't remember the exact start. And 708 what? minutes. Yeah. Scored Jesus, from yeah. open play. Anfield and it's probably December time I think was the last time yeah. they scored a goal from open play at Anfield I've taken it from your comments earlier that you think obviously it's way 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 too soon to sort of to, to make a conclusion on Klopp is in can he turn it around or not but what unbelievably spectacular timing for this to happen on the weekend that Steven Gerrard wins a league title you mean the weekend that COVID-19 returns to Scotland en masse <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Glasgow region. <laughs> oh, right. Those celebrations. There'll be a, there'll be a new there'll be a new mutation, won't there? <laughs> oh fucking hell, yeah. The Glasgow variant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's done great. I think what I want to see, I know you guys mentioned it the other week. I, I want to see Lampard take the Celtic job. I want to see them to have a little little. Oh, that would be in. good. That just would one be season quite... in Scotland. Yeah, it'd be class, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be quite nice, I must admit. Um anyway, on to Fulham where the last 10 games, three wins, four draws. Baker, your arsehole is going, mate. And we've said it. We've said it. We've said it. It's arsehole a lot, man. We have talked about his arsehole a lot. (laughs) You seem seem concerned about my arsehole. It's almost like, have we got a new segment on our hands here? (laughs) Baker's arsehole, yeah. (laughs) How much it's going each week, yeah. I'll sort of jingle out for it, yeah? (laughs) Call it the rear end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is, and... I'm going to be honest, if I try and sort of take myself away from 
being a Newcastle fan, Fulham and Brighton are two teams that I think would be really good to stay up because they do play mm. really nice stuff. But I got to say, in this game, I thought uh, Wakim Anderson at the back. He looks, he looks like a real player, man. Yeah, you've he, mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, and I must admit, I, I watched, I, was, I like looked at his stats. He does look good, man. He really does. He's he's, he's calm. He's in control, but he can ping a fucking ball as well. A couple of really nice sort of fifty yard smashes across field. Really nice. And you got to give props to Scotty P, man. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I I don't think we need to go too much more onto Scotty P. We gave him a lot of respect the past couple of weeks, haven't we? He's his dress sense is a bit shit. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about his coat. Yeah, I mean, usually he's all right, but that was real bad. He looked like a fucking 1920s pimp. <laughs> Have I missed something here? Pa- yeah, Parker's touchline get up was, was something yeah. special, to be honest. But... I mean, that's probably, uh, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd just like put the blame on that. Just, players are just distracted by it. It's too bright. Mate, he was taking yeah. a leaf out of um, Nagelsmann's butt, wasn't he? Oh, oh God, yeah. Man. His get up's incredible, isn't it? Nagelsmann. Yeah, some decent clobber, man. Did you see um, Pep's hoodie or jumper or whatever it was? It's a bit weird. Yeah, I did think that. I said yeah. that to, to my housemate. Like, it's a bit weird for him wearing just a hoodie, isn't it? Open arms, uh, open arms hoodie that he wears. They're a charity that look after people who come over the channel, like refugees. All right. right. They're like, because I, I, I looked at this, I thought, what, what the fuck is he wearing? He looks like he's like a single dad. Um, <laughs> I, I had a little Google, and it's actually like a, a really good charity. So fucking, you can't even take the piss out of Pep anymore. I thought he was like referencing the elbow song or something like that. Something, <laughs> something we never spoke about, though, is Pep Guardiola's Man City emblazoned suit jacket. Did oh, any of you see yeah. this? No. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, this this was seen this, this was bad as well. <laughs> on, I'll put it in. The, I'll put it in the group. Hang on. Yeah, go on, mate. All this, all this shit can just be cut out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, we never talk about fashion in football. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, wow! I can't believe we never spoke about it when it happened. That's something special, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. So it's, it's just, it looks like someone sort of pranked him, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah like like yeah. he's lost a bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That just looks it's shit. Called, it's, called, it's called fashion, Daniel. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Dog shit. I keep commenting on how nice my hair is, James, so I'll, I'll take fashion compliments from you then, mate. <laughs> just with yeah. Fulham, again, I think, like, talking about perspective in football, 90% of pundits had written them off by about fucking October, aren't they? Yeah, big time. Just, just another, another example of, you know, string a couple of wins together, give a manager time. And I, I think, I, I hope Scott Parker stays up. I hope, you know, not necessarily at Newcastle's expense, but it is probably going to be one of the rest in it, in it to go down. I think West Brom and Sheffield United don't need a, a miracle, yeah. but yeah, he's, he's done really well, done smashing job. I'd love to see him at Spurs one day, get Scotty P back in to manage. Oh, he played there, didn't he? He played at Newcastle mm-hmm. as well, didn't he? Yeah, yes. Onto a game which all of us had predicted was going to be a bore fest and turned out to be quite fun. Quite fun for me, especially. Uh, Manchester United beating Manchester City in the derby 2 0. Yeah, I put it here. Oh, you're pleased as punch, aren't you? I love hey, you. Biggest, biggest shout out for me is just Scott McTominay. Fuck me, that lad is just. You love him. Yeah, mate, he's love sick, him. man. He's get a McTominay just, update going every week. Oh, mate, I'll do that. I would do that. <laughs> all he just does everything, all the little bits which you just don't even see. He's there. He's just like breaking it up, passing it to Fred. Fred's just doing nothing with it, passing it back, and he's just pinging a thirty yarder, mate. The, yeah, I got a lot of time, a lot of time. Although Fred in this game, very. 
I, I couldn't believe it was the same player. I've said this a couple of times this this season, but maybe he is actually turning into a player that we signed for like nearly 50 million or over 50 million. No, he's like 48 million or something like that. Like, mm. Mm. And um, I didn't think I was going to say this much for the rest of the season, but Anthony Marshall, like a different player. Like I don't, really know he, he had city players bouncing off him like i don't know what was going on if i'm brutally honest like if he could play like that in every third game instead of it being every 10th game like mm. he genuinely would be quality He'd be getting in that united starting lineup all the time like as um has ollie got pep's number now yeah he's a weird one isn't he? he's got i think f- three wins and two draws he played the same formations he did when they won 2-0 last year at the Etihad. And apart from uh, Lingard and and Henderson and De Gea being changed, um, I don't know really how this happened. I'm going to be really honest with you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm shocked. Let's put it that way. I'll let you guys off the floor now. I mean, I'd say a first-minute penalty does... Does help. It does help to set the agenda pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Steve knows about that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I think Solskjaer's doing a good job. I read uh, that he was like the only Manchester United manager ever to to win his first three away games against City. Yeah, that's right. And you think about some of the managers that United have had, and I don't think he's an incredible manager, but I don't think he's as bad as some people make out. And like you say, Fred's looking a little bit better every month. And yeah, Fernandez, man, fucking hell, you must be absolutely buzzing with him because he's, for me, when Liverpool were in their little low point and they were signing people like Suarez, obviously I don't think that Fernandez is going to bite anyone or call anyone a racial, but he's got that vibe about him where he can just turn the game on the scruff of his neck and it's just like, I don't even know if that's a saying, he can turn the game on a dime and he can grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, yeah. He's just so exciting to watch, man. He's, he's incredible. Although we have this thing where we think like, well, it's probably not just us, but if Fernandez has an off game, then United have an off game. He's totally the beating heart of that 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 team. Yeah, it's probably true. I think Martial as well. Does he get played in like his normal position? To me, he's always been a left winger, and I wouldn't. I, I, in this game, he somehow looked like he could be a striker. But the majority of the games that Ollie plays him up front as a striker, he he doesn't look. He doesn't cut the mustard. I don't think. <laughs> no, he struggles, doesn't he? I mean, speaking of that, I mean, I've City were really odd in this game, especially for me. Kevin De Bruyne had a, a twenty-minute period, but he gave it away every time he got it. That was just yeah, which so is so unlike him. Yeah, it's so unlike them to do that. And I mean, I, that's full credit to United for getting under their skin, getting under their skin. And I've dug you out constantly for all United's big games being absolutely awful. <laughs> so, I mean, fair play, fair play to you, and also. We can't get let this game go by without giving um, Luke Shaw some respect because he's yeah. he's really turned on this year. Hey, I'm, and, I feel, I'm, and I feel it's probably having Mourinho not like frothing at the mouth every time you do anything probably does help. Yeah, I've mentioned it a couple of times. He's he's been the best player in a good couple of games recently, and I do think Teller's signing has been a big thing that's pushed him on as well. Mm. Um, that second up, but the thing for me was that I was most surprised about was the fact that, yeah, the first minute penalty does help and it does take the pressure off you a little bit, but in that second half, Man United, I thought we're going to come out with a 1-0 lead and then you get a goal within about the 55th minute. I think the 2-0 up, you're going to sit back. In the 75th minute, I saw Luke Shaw in the opponent's box busting a gut to get forward. I saw Wamba Saka on the other side. Like 
I don't know, it didn't look like they'd looked in other games. And I put this at the bottom, like, and I used to level this at City fans five, six years ago, that the derby was their biggest game. And I don't think it's got to that point yet, but beating City for United, because he know, let's be honest, they were not winning the league. I've said that all along. To me, it could be like one of them situations where it's like, you know, it does take on extra meaning for them. Whereas for City... It's just another game, isn't it? They're not going to lose a title from this position. It's, no, no and I think they just they'll crack on next game. Like I've said, Connor, if you're listening, mate, Southampton, they'd be <laughs> shitting themselves right now because they <laughs> are coming after you on Wednesday night. Hey, mate, wasn't, it, wasn't it City that beat Southampton? Was that nine nil? Was that City? And that was, that that was, was Leicester, ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And then oh, and then okay, us as well. But yeah, like but, I mate, mean, that's the thing. Anytime you beat City, the the team they play after. Remember Watford. Oh, man. They got beaten then and then he just fucking tore Watford apart, didn't they? Mate. I'd like... be more worried if it's a Southampton fan that Jay Adams has scored his one wonder goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should have been saving that for next week because they're going to struggle now. <laughs> no, it was a weird performance by City, but it was a great, great performance by United. And like you say, it probably doesn't really mean a lot to City in the grand scheme of things, but it's a huge result for United. Mm. And I chuffed for Luke Shaw as well. Because yeah. he looked like he might have been going the way, again, like we spoke earlier about like Jack Wilshire and stuff, where just never quite get back to that peak level of fitness and drop down the leagues or whatever. But he's probably the best left back in England for me at the minute in terms of getting on the Euro team. And mm. I don't know, Chilwell's good, obviously, and, and there's, there's other options there. But I think he's he's playing amazing. Yeah, I mean, having, that, having, having them two both on the plane is a good shout. I mean... I thought England's fullback situation is ridiculous. Like yeah. we've got so many good right and left backs. Mate, to be honest, we've got a whole bunch of situations in that setup, haven't we? With wingers and and like cams and stuff like that. Which well, yeah. we're talking about England. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Is, that, is that contentious? Is it dangerous oh. ground? We don't so not, we don't do that here. Let's okay. not let's not get ourselves too worked up about it. The Euro is probably still going to get cancelled, aren't they? Oh no. Oh no. Check this segue out. Do you think that it's coincidence that Bale was suddenly pulling an absolute fucking hot one? Euros, <laughs> Euros are coming up. He, like Wales are going to win the fucking thing. Yeah, you know what, mate? Lovely segue, and it could be something to that. I really Maybe. do think so. I think he walks into that Wales team, even if he's had a bad season, though. Yeah, yeah you can walk into that Wales team with one leg, if you're yeah. right. As you can tell, we've moved on. Spurs versus Palace. 4-1. Jimbo, give us a lowdown, mate. Really good. I don't think I don't think it's a proper bounce back yet, but pff, this was this was pretty good. I thought it was going to go the way that a few games have gone in the latter, latter few months of score a goal, sit back, let the other team get into it. Obviously, they scored an equaliser just for half time, and and I was like, great, it's going to be another loss or just taking a point. But he obviously gave them the hairdryer at half time, and they came out swinging in the second half, and. I just don't understand why we have to have that blip where we sit back and on teams, you know, and let them let them equalize or, or beat us when we are fully capable of playing exactly how we played in that second half. Second half was flawless. I just want to see us play like that for ninety minutes once or twice a week. <laughs> Respect to Harry Kane's uh, first goal as well. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the goal, but also the fact two goals, two assists, broke another record in this game. Like he's unstoppable, mate. Unstoppable. I think didn't Mourinho said that he's kind of he said he was almost glad that um, the Palace scored because because he thought that if he'd gone in one nil, you, you would have had that blip later on. Yeah, and possibly lost it. Well, that's the big thing he's got to sort out is us having that blip, whether it's for a whole half or a whole game or ten minutes. He needs to eradicate that. 
we can look like a team that's in relegation form and we can look like a team that's going to win the league. And we can do both those things in one game in 90 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's puzzling. I don't understand it. But I mean, off the back of this, yeah, very happy with how that panned out. Fair enough. Thanks, mate. Steve, have you kept up with what the, the Mourinho uh, roller coaster has been with Spurs? Yeah, man. So I, uh, again, not to shamelessly plug something that I'm doing, but I, I write, write like a little sports blog, uh, just following like NFL and and football and things that I like. And I wrote something about Mourinho and Pep the other week and his sort of impact at Spurs. I think he's another guy who is kind of given the cold shoulder to Deli Alley for a little bit. And now he's coming back into the four. He's not been glowing in his reviews of Bale since he's come from Madrid and now Bale's proven a point to him and I think Bale's probably at a point now where he's thinking well I don't really want to go back to Madrid I'd rather come back here and and it won't happen unless he does what he's doing now as good as Harry Kane's goal from outside the box was outstanding but the, for me the last one was even better the move that they did uh, just to I know there's a bit of a VIR check at the end and stuff but just the little one-twos they were playing in the crossfield balls him yeah, and Son think, now, what is it? They've got like the assists record between them. Is for that for a season? Yeah, with season. How, however many games left. Yeah, it's not even done yet. And yeah, I don't, I don't think Bale hitting form is going to be bad for Son either because no. he, he's a different level. That goal you just mentioned, I think every player had a touch or a pass in the build up to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's they're the goals for me that should be like goal of the season. I love like a rocket from like 40 yards, but the ones where you see like 30 pass moves or whatever and everyone has a little go, it's. That's a Mourinho team as well. Like yeah. people talk about Mourinho being a bit boring, but that that's a great goal. And, and the Palace goal as well, I read. It's the first time since 2004 that Palace have scored away against Spurs. Wow. That's Matt, Andy, Andy Johnson, apparently. Yeah, and Andy, Andy Johnson, Johnson fucking yeah. hell. That is a blast from the past, Jesus. I think Spurs passed 100 goals in all competitions. Yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Mourinho mentioned it because he was like, <laughs> he was like, hundred goals, not bad for a very defensive team. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, is this is this the rise now, mate? Is this the rise of of Mourinho? Is it gonna? Let's be honest, he's got to get the, the another season after this now. Sure, like what? It's the hope that kills you. I know, I know. You know, like I'd love to get top four, but the way things are going. Even if we keep up this form, it might still not be doable. Um, if we can finish the season off strong and play like this, yeah, obviously really happy. And that's something to build on over the summer and, and into next season. But who fucking knows, mate? Like I said, we're, we're a bipolar football team. I, I have no idea. I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah. I know what you're saying, man. I know what you're saying. Uh, for, uh, Harry Kane, 28 goals and assists now this season. And that's more than anyone, more than Bruno, even mate. The guy, the guy is yeah. a fucking animal. For a, for a guy that's not a playmaker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, man. It's true. Does it? Does it all? Doesn't he? He really does. Yeah. He's he does it when he wants. Yeah, not not to bring it back to England as well, but it'd be a travesty if he didn't win something with us. He's, yeah. he's so so good this year. What he's done, like playing like Totti and scoring like Prime Ronaldo, and he's yeah. just doing everything. It's mad, absolutely mad. Yeah. I love it. I feel, I feel like we we got a generation of players coming through that it would be bad for a lot of them if we don't win anything. But, I know, but boys, I don't think we will. <laughs> boys, have we heard this before? Because I've heard this before. There was, a, <laughs> there was a golden generation that came through before this, and yeah. we did jack all, got to the quarterfinals, and got knocked out by Brazil. 
or some other fucker every time. I mean, that after. that one wasn't even that bad. It was the it was 2006 that sort of sticks in my craw. Well, you could save this for our special England episode over summer. Oh, yeah. mate, oh, fuck, yeah. it'll be three hours and three. Oh, don't minutes. even start <laughs> me on that, mate. I'm done with it. I've got a feeling that in like season 20 of this podcast, you guys would be like, "Yeah, Mount and Grealish could never play together, could they?" <laughs> <laughs> They'll just be the next generation, won't they? As Mount's manager of Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and then forget to season 20 <laughs> little thing in extra time Baker you want to introduce this mate with the uh, the German connection to it mate right, I'll, I'll introduce this and I'll go into yeah. then, then cue the jingle <laughs> but um, it's an un- unbelievable foul in the Bundesliga this week and it's one of them I think Solskjaer did, did it against Newcastle in like 97 or something when the guys cleaned through the keeper got up for a corner so there's just an open goal and for some inexplicable reason the striker just didn't shoot in like the 30 seconds he had to do it and I think his name Paolo Ottavio of Wolfsburg just fucking properly leaped about three feet in the air two footed him down and the best thing about it was they were still losing <laughs> <laughs> like it was a draw it was like they were drawing and they thought no like I'm going for it just being, just being a shit house for the sake of being a shit house. yeah as I put pure shit houseery there mate absolutely oh, it's just it's just brilliant it was just brilliant anyway right quick the jingle Baker's eyes on Europe quick round up this this weekend uh, it was it was the classica of Bayern v Dortmund in Germany um I was happy because Dortmund went 2-0 up in 10 minutes. Uh, two goals from Haaland, but then Dortmund remembered they weren't very good and Bayern smashed them 4-2. Hat-trick by Lewandowski. That league is completely over now, as if there was any doubt beforehand. Um, La Liga is a bit more interesting, though. Um, there was a draw in the Madrid derby between Atletico and Real. Real saved themselves in the 80-something minute with Benzema. Atletico is still three points clear with a game in hand. But Barcelona also won at the weekend with a guy who I'd never heard of scoring the winner, whose name is Iliax Moriba. And he's 18 and never heard of him and he scored an absolute beauty. So are they a Barcelona finally going to start churning out good players again? Could happen. Uh, Syria A, Juventus 1, Milan 1-2-0 with Diogo Dalot scoring. Daniel. And last but not least at all, there is an absolutely hilarious goal in the Russian league by a guy who plays for Rostov, I think, against Zenit St. Petersburg, made even better by the fact that he does Dejan Lovren about six times <laughs> before leaving him on his ass. It is a brilliant goal. And if you can find a way to link it, please have a look because it is amazing. And it's played on what looks like a fucking cow field. It's brilliant. <laughs> Nice. Well, and yeah, that's that's Baker's eye on Europe. Eye on Europe. Baker, eye on Europe. Right, guys, that's just my normal voice. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure, lads. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Away End. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Away End Pod. And if you've enjoyed the episode, drop us a few quid and check the link in the episode description. Just tell your mates about this pop because that's the only way we're actually going to get anywhere with this. So please, please do, guys. Thanks very much. Have a good one.